We good? Hey everybody, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. It is our four, is that correct, Jack? One, two, yes. three, four. Nice. With me is Sean Joyce. Sean, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Moderate. I'm moderate to good. Are you getting better or worse? I'm trying to maintain. Okay, you're trying to keep it steady. I didn't think we started all that great, but it, by the end of the first hour, I was very happy with where we went. Um, there really is no good comedy comparison. I was trying to think of it. Sean is the person that runs Underground Comedy, uh, DC's best stand-up for everything. Uh, not going to lie, not a great name, though. You don't like DC's best? No, no, no. no. I don't like D- Underground Comedy. Oh, why? Because it's too vague, and there's an underground comedy in every scene I could think of. Yeah, there's lots of underground comedies. Well, I didn't intend for it to be important. I meant for too it bad. just to be two uh, open mics. Yep. So Did you really screwed that up. Well, how long? Yeah. yeah how long has it been? Uh, it's been seven, seven years. Years. That's a long time. Yeah, I thought I didn't think it was going to turn into anything, so I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into the oh. name. I'm also not that creative. <laughs> you know, you are a comic, or at least were a comic. Yeah, I think I'm more of a technician than a creative person. What did you realize that? Um, mm, I guess I'm shortly into doing stand-up. Really? Yeah. Then why do it at all? Good question. Thank I mean, you. I, I, yeah, good question. Why do I do it at all? I don't know. Okay. When I met you, you were doing stand-up. That's how we met. Right. You soon thereafter started doing these shows, and it's been going for a long time. This is now your full-time job. This is not, yeah, definitely. Does that make you think of the product differently? Does make me think of stand-up differently? Yeah. My own stand-up? Everything about it. I mean, it's put my stand-up on the back burner. Yeah. And has made my stand-up much less important than running the shows. So, yeah, it has affected it a lot. You've probably seen at this point... Definitely over a thousand, maybe ten thousand sets. I mean, I've produced probably over two thousand shows. Exactly, and shows are usually three people, two or three people. I I would say most of my shows have fifteen to eighteen people. Oh, because that's right. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of like a a standard feature headliner host. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you've probably seen ten thousand sets. Yeah, I would say so. Is that too much comedy? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, it's okay. too much. Yeah, okay, you shouldn't good. do that much. But <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. And I think the people who do have to watch that much stand-up, I think they do get desensitized to it. When is the last time you knew you were watching something great and you just couldn't enjoy it? Hmm. I mean, all the time. That's not good. All the time, yeah. Because I try to bring people into town that I like a lot. Yeah. And... You know, I only get enjoyment out of it every so often. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a set? You're like, this is great. I'm so glad I sit, sat through this set. Not conversation, because I'm sure you have still great conversations with a lot of these performers. But I'm talking about them on stage that you brought in and you're like, that was great. Um, you and know, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, by the way. I'm yeah, no, no. I, I mean, real recently, um, Phil Hanley was in town. He's a great uh, comedy seller comic. And he got kind of heckled right at the beginning of his set. And he... Uh, he attacked the heckler and was uh, this at big hunt or draft is that big hunt okay and um that was enjoyable that was pretty funny and it's uh it was something interesting you know so whenever people are kind of doing uh so whenever people are living in the now yeah that's right that's a lot more interesting for me yeah. um though i do you know i did enjoy watching him tell his jokes all weekend yeah but like you've heard him once sure yeah. i've heard him many times and you still like it yeah, I still, I still like it. Um, some people's jokes, you know, I really like, and I really like uh, watching. Other people, I think, 
are good and I, I know that it's good and I know a lot of people like it, but it's like not my particular yeah. like, favorite thing. You What's know? your favorite thing you've seen at any of the shows you produced in the last year? Um, I'm trying to think in the last year. I mean, I thought the most interesting thing probably still within this past year was, was Drew Michael. Okay. Um, now Drew's a mutual friend, probably closer friend of you at this point than me. Cause I, Drew started out when I was doing stuff in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I've known Drew a very, very long time. Yeah. And Drew Michael, you might know him as the guy with the very odd HBO stand-up special, right. which mm-hmm. is him to no crowd. Yeah. That's weird. It, yeah, it was weird. How was Drew at the show? Well, the the show, the thing that was so interesting about it is, you know, Drew is kind of intentionally playing with the crowd's feelings mm-hmm. the entire time. So he he's charming and funny and everybody's having fun and then he'll be real offensive and everyone will get upset and it'll get really awkward and then he'll slowly bring them back and then he'll push them away again uh so that was what i mean that was really something to see and it's you can really feel it in the room it's not like it's it's some serious tension in the room when he's up there so drew i don't think is a stand-up i think drew is something that doesn't have a name because Drew, what Drew right. is doing is technically stand-up comedy because there are punchlines and there are anecdotes and people are going to have a good time in theory. But what Drew is doing to me, I don't know if this is an insult or a compliment or somewhere in between, it's sort of like a magician, but yeah. even if you mm-hmm. know the secret, it's still impressive. But at the end of the day, I don't know, even if Drew knows why he's doing what he's doing. And I don't think that's a good thing or a bad thing. I just think it's an interesting way to view the art form because to him it is an art form. Yeah. And I think a lot of the guys, like the seller guys you were talking about, to me it's not always an art form. It's different. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to play the, the room to get the laughs right. and that's it. And there's there's a reason cruise ships right. exist. People need fun. People need that frivolity. People want to disconnect for it. But Drew does not want you to disconnect. So what is that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, just to compare him to some of the seller guys that are just very joke based, those guys are, they're trying to express themselves. They want to get their ideas across mm-hmm. and they are very successful at doing it. And people have a great time when they mm-hmm. come out and watch it. And then I think Drew just telling jokes for him is not satisfying. No. So he, he wants to do something extra and... For him, that's that's playing with the crowd. And so when he decided to take the crowd out of his special, it, it really you don't you don't get to experience that part of that um, that part of that material where he's pushing and pulling. And uh, and so it made it something different than anyone who saw those those performances leading up to that special. Yeah. No one here is... Is anyone in Washington, D.C. doing anything like what Drew Michael's doing? I think that Marty Litwack was... Okay. Um, but, but he's I, not here anymore. Yeah, he, he yeah. moved to L.A. You know, maybe a few months ago. Um, but he it does a similar thing where he is playing with the audience's energy. He doesn't... He's not intentionally upsetting the audience, but he will get quiet and not really give them a lot to see just to kind of feel where their energy is and he'll kind of play with being low key and then high energy mm-hmm. and uh, quiet and then silly. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of the closest person. So the answer is no, cause there's no, he's not here. Well, yeah, he's there's not no here really anymore. doing that. 
No. And I, and I understand. No, there's no, no, there's no one else doing that. I don't, and I understand I why no one does, because like it's 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 silly. It's an otter. It's an otter path. Let's well, say. I think it's an extension of Drew's personality. Oh, for sure. 100%. I think that Drew, and and he does. It's in the material. If you if you're listening to what he's saying, the material is about alienating people, and alienating people in his personal life and he does and he's doing it throughout the performance to the crowd and i think that's what makes it so interesting agreed but does it make the world a better place <laughs> i don't think his goal is to make the world a better place i do not disagree i think he's just trying to express himself i 100 percent. that's agree. it i think that's all he's trying to do i don't think that's a bad thing no but what i want to do i do i know it sounds weird I do want to, in theory, make the world a better place. I was going to say, do you want... Yeah, do you... Yeah, you I 100% wanna... do. If, and, and I definitely do a lot of the... Oh, God, I don't like Drew in that way. But I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to give Drew no credit, by the way. I've known Drew a long time. Uh-huh. I, I am 100% okay with being the, the heel. I am okay with being the enemy. And uh-huh. then at the end of the day, I'm the butt of the joke. Okay. Everything's cool. We're cool. But I, definitely doing this show, a lot of the times I find myself just like blatantly insulting people to their face. Okay. That's not a good thing, but and I and I'm doing that because I'm not getting what I want out of them or me. Does this make sense? Kind well, of it's so starting far? to. Yeah, I'm interested. Okay. It's, it's interesting. But like when I when I listen back to these shows because I have to to edit them. Like I a lot of the times I hate me in this position, mm-hmm. but I know why I'm doing the thing I'm doing, and it's just like, well, why am I even booking? Do you consider yourself polarizing sometimes? And I yeah. that's not the goal. That's not the goal at all. I don't want to be polarizing. But at the same time, I don't want to be bored. And so I think when you say that you insult people to their face, yeah, why do you think that happens? Because it's fun. You just are doing it for fun. Yeah. Okay. I you're think just entertaining it's yourself a lot of the times, and I think I'm entertaining others. And, and sometimes I'm just pointing out the absurdity. For example, our last guest, his name is Baby Bry Bry, mm-hmm. and he had he looked foolish. Okay. But I only say this to him <laughs> because he's a tall, handsome man. Yeah. And I know him. Outside of this, uh-huh. and he, so he knows I'm doing it with love, and I would not do it to a new stranger. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I would only do this to someone I actually like, and it's right. a weird thing. Like it is weird. Yeah. Jamie Benitez is a perfect example. Uh-huh. Like I will make fun of Jamie Benitez's look to his face, sure, all the time because I think he's really funny and I yeah. really like him. Uh-huh. But if he was just like okay and struggling, I would never make fun of him. Because I like, consider him to be okay and struggling. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my evaluation of it. But do you see what I mean though? It's like if I like you, I'll like I've definitely insulted you before. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I like you. Yeah, that's yeah. messed up. Well, I I mean, I come from uh that background, so yeah. when um when you criticize me, I don't take it personally. Yeah, you should. And and I I mean, you should take whatever you take. I don't think that uh you know, I think I'm, there's lots of things to be criticized about mm-hmm. me. So if someone points one of those out, I don't. I'm not mad at them for doing it. Yeah, and Mike and Allison, who was here earlier, she she made fun of Jack and I, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely, it's perfectly fine. But some people, you know, it rubs them the wrong way. Yeah, and that's how you become polarizing. Some yeah. people are okay with it, and some people are mad about it. Yeah, and I and I and I realize like, oh yeah, everyone doesn't understand the context of everything. Hell, you might not even understand the context of what you're doing until a much yeah, later yeah, time. Yeah, sure, sure. So it's like, what are, what are we doing here? So <laughs> what, what am do I you, doing? So what do you? How do you think you're making the world a better place? Oh, I don't think I'm making the world a better place. I want to try to make the world a better place because I'm trying to make. And my, what what things do you want to make better? I want to make it smaller. You want to make the world smaller? Yeah. So 
I didn't. I wouldn't know you without doing this show. Right. I wouldn't know anyone I've talked to today. Right. Doing the show that makes my world smaller. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah. That and that's in theory the whole point of stand-up comedy. It's making people's worlds a little bit brighter, a little bit smaller. Because mm-hmm. now we're all laughing. It's a shared communal thing. It's all about community. Yeah, that's definitely. All. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's that's a big part of why I keep doing shows and um, continuing down this path is that it is really cool to get to interact with all these people and there are and it's neat to also get to decide who you're going to be around. Yeah, that's a uh, not a lot of people have that opportunity. Do you think your life will be a lot more boring if and when this ends? Yeah, of course. Do you think it'd be healthier? Of course. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Th- I mean, yeah. It, of course, it's only going to be more boring and, and more healthy. I would, unless I go deeper into it. Are you getting burnt out? Yeah. Well, I'm coming. I'm recovering from being really burned out. I was pretty bad through the first half of last year. What does that mean? When I'm burned out? Yeah. What does that actually translate to well, I'm in just, tangible ways? I'm um, just, uh, you know, I can't deal with that. Like, I can't deal with uh, little bits of adversity and, uh, you know, get frustrated easily. Um, you, like, snap at people. Yeah. Well, do you raise your voice? Um, I, would, I would say I change my tone. Okay. I, okay. I can have a pretty bad tone. Um and uh, I get pretty frustrated when people, when I think they're not doing, you know, what they're supposed to do. And uh, so I could be pretty rough. Whereas when uh, there are times when I'm rested, that kind of stuff comes up and, you know, I understand it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you know, it just you made a mistake or mm-hmm. you don't really know what you're doing, but that's OK. And then there's no problem. Yeah. There's no problem when I'm OK. So that's how you know that I'm the problem. So what changed from the first half of last year to the second half of last year? I just got a chance to rest. I just had so much stuff going on um, through through July, through the end of July that, uh, you know, it was just nonstop. I just never had a chance to rest. And uh, there was not really, there's, I didn't have any choice. I just had to push through it. And But once I got through that, um, I was able to take it easy a little bit. And I also had uh, Andrew Cook started working with me and, uh, Taking on a lot of responsibilities I had, so that was that made it easier to rest. Also, yeah, uh, you are the first guest of the today to bring a cocktail into full service radio. Yeah, what are you drinking? This is uh, whiskey ginger. Okay, that seems like a very standard, classic stand-up comic drink. Yeah, I like whiskey a lot. That's good. Yeah, whiskey is my favorite type of liquor. Are you? How often are you drinking? Mm, twice a week maybe that's not bad at all no especially I'm, for somebody in your position yeah i was every night yeah of course and then uh, uh by the way that wasn't a flippant of course i mean if you're doing this you usually are doing it at bars and at yeah clubs. you're just yeah like, i'm in a bar every around night. it every night yeah absolutely and it's free yeah so did that make you cut back did that make the first half of the year more stressful because you were still drinking that much or had you already no, it wasn't back. really. No, that was no. I had already cut back because I was so busy that I didn't even have time to go to shows. So I wasn't even at the bars Got to it. drink. Um, yeah, that wasn't really. It, it was really just about how much work there was to do, and yeah. and you know I got married, and uh, and how's that going? That's going great. That's right. 
I mean, it's easy, right, in the first year. No, not, not if you're not supposed to be together. Oh, well, uh, we've been together for a long time, so. No, it's very good that you are what you are, and it's very good that you has started doing this well before you got married. Yeah, yeah, she she knew what she was getting yeah, into. Yeah, that's I mean, what is the biggest part of yeah, this. Yeah, she can only blame herself. For, <laughs> I gave her plenty of time to get out of it, and she didn't, so now she's trapped. Uh, let's close with this, because you need to get out of here, because you have to go uh, interview Sha- Shasir Zameda. Yes. Uh, she is at your club this weekend, but mm-hmm. also you're doing, I'm assuming you're doing this for an episode of your show. That's right, yeah. It will be episode eight. It's early on in the run. That's right. Well, it won't be the eighth oh, episode, but it will be probably the tenth. And uh, yeah, it's you're going to chat with former SNL star. We've already talked about former SNL writer, Drew Michael. Now you're right. going to go talk to performer, Shazir. I always Sashir. fuck up her name. I apologize to her. Miss Zameda, you'll be interviewing her. Uh, and, and we're going to transition to somebody that uh, was at your club not two weeks ago, Megan Gailey. Uh-huh. So you're, she, she, we, she did an episode of the podcast, which will be coming up. There you go. Also. Yeah. Um, is she? On, tell me when she's on the line. I, I sent you the number, Jack. Um, he's he's getting that. You're more than a song on. What's up? Play a song, actually. We need a, like a song song, or we need a, the, the piano noise? Oh, the piano noise would be great. We're going to transition to some piano noise. Sean, you're welcome to sit in on this, or you're welcome to leave and enjoy your whiskey ginger. Uh, mutual friend Jen Tisdale and future guest Jen Tisdale is oh, in the cool. lobby right now. So I'm going to bid you adieu while Jack gets Megan Gailey on the Thanks line. Thanks for having me. You there, Megan? Hi. I was just talking to Sean Joyce, and I was trying to talk up your brother to him. I was telling him he needs to buy a place with his wife. Buy a place? Sean. I, sh- I feel like I tell everybody. Buy a place see. with Megan Gailey's brother. Sorry, with Michael yes. Gailey. Yeah, with Megan Gailey's brother, Michael yeah. Gailey. He's th- a great realtor. You think you can get me a good place? Oh, you're here. I'm here. He, I was he was, he was I about was to get out, out the, the door. door, but then we started to talk to him. No, he's an he's a really good realtor. I think he does too much for his clients. Okay, oh, he just good. was meeting with me and my wife today, so please, uh, you're wrong, Megan. No. He doesn't do enough. Okay. He's okay. the perfect amount of worker. Okay, all right. <laughs> Megan, how are you? Back, but I'm good. Where are you right now? Um, I'm in L.A. It's raining here. I'm People so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's really... I'm throwing a baby shower today. It's oh! Raining. It's really... Messing everything up. I'm sorry. But now I feel horrible. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Megan. It's okay. I mean, it's going to... We're just not... You don't even plan for rain here. It's not even something that's a possibility. Uh, who Do I know who the person the shower is for? Um, Kara Clank and Jared Logan. Oh. Baby. That is delightful. Yeah. Can you tell them I said hi? 
I will, absolutely. Could you do me a favor and not tell him that uh, Sean said hi? No, I'm going to. Okay, He'll be just, happy. It just rained when I, on the on my wedding day. It rained, and it was. Uh, I, I thought it ended up being better than if it hadn't. I mean, that's supposed to be good luck, though. Well, I'll take that. I didn't even know that, but yeah, I thought it was like fun. I thought it was. Tale. It was fun to have a you know a little rain. Now, Megan. Uh, it can't rain on our wedding day. That's what I was going to ask you. You are opposed no. to rain on Megan. May I, Megan, I feel like it's okay to talk about your fiance. Absolutely. So, uh, Megan, is, I, I don't want to steal from your act. Could I reference your act? Please. Megan is marrying a hip-hop Filipino, which is, yeah. a, is, a, <laughs> is a Filipino boy who is technically a man who wears mm-hmm. uh, basketball jerseys from the 90s and makes memes for a living. Is that correct? Correct. Great. Uh, I want to make it very clear. I'm a big fan of your fiance. His name is CJ. He hosts a basketball Twitter show. That is his full-time grown-up job. And I want to make it very clear that this is a well-paying grown-up job, and you could see him uh, in the presence of NBA All-Stars from the most recent NBA All-Star game. This is not just mm-hmm. like uh, frivolous. I mean, it is very frivolous. but It's, it's very frivolous. It's a real-life job. People are living their dreams. I know. I mean, it, I'm sad that all my grandparents are dead, but I'm happy that they don't have to see what our jobs have become. Uh, Megan, you recently worked for the NFL. I don't want you to say anything that can get you into trouble, but uh, your soon-to-be husband de facto works for the NBA. Which is a better league to work for? The NBA. Okay. I want to make it clear ben, that she said yeah. that without prompt, and there was nothing controversial about that statement. No, I think that even NFL players would agree yeah. with that. I, yeah, um, I agree too. Just, I mean, yeah, I think just the way even public contracts are set up, you would be able to uh, to guess that. I think people genuinely like Adam Silver, and I'll just leave it at that. I want to shine a, a positive light on the NFL right now. Megan, for the last, you worked for the NFL all season long. Uh, you hosted mm-hmm. a show for them. What was your favorite moment of working for the NFL? And it does not have to be football related. Uh, my favorite moment of the entire experience, I did get to interview the Backstreet Boys, and that is like, that was definitely cool and wild, but. Um, I walked into the like a back hallway one day and Dwight Freeney was standing there and he is truly like the most important person in my life. Wait, why? And I've just always been obsessed with him. And in my senior year of high school, I was a uh, principal for a day and my had my name tag said Mrs. Dwight Freeney. Like I've loved him <laughs> forever. I think he's a good man. I think he's an incredible player. He changed the way defensive ends play. He changed the size that they are and, like, the speed they have. And uh, my dog is named after him. And I thought he didn't even work for the NFL. And then I walked in and I saw him and I immediately started crying. Did did you speak Uh, to the man? I did. I mean, he started to, like, walk down this other part of the hallway and I just go, hi. And he was like, hi. And then I, of course, rushed up. And I, if I had, like, known this was going to happen, I think I would have, like, tried to plan it differently. Um, oh, sorry, CJ. I had to send him a voicemail. Um, and <laughs> then 
I, you know, I showed him a picture of the dog. I was faking, and, and you could tell he was like, "Does she work here? Like, is this person allowed to be in this very like secret part of the NFL network?" And then we actually got to host a show together, and it was beautiful. Did you have him sign anything? Did you tell him about your high school principal for a day situation? I told him everything, and then my parents um, overnighted my dad's um, game day. So not one of those like flimsy printed on jerseys, like sewn on game day Dwight Freeney jersey, and Dwight signed it live on the show. That is delightful. Now, your dad's father made a few appearances on the television show. Yeah, well, not my grandfather. Oh, my I'm sorry. Father, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Your father. Your father. Uh, is Are you now the favorite sibling, like, head and shoulders above everyone? Because for a long time, you were already the favorite. Yeah. But now you've given your dad the NFL network. Yeah, I'm definitely more the favorite now. And I do think that's coincided with um, my wedding nicely in a financial sense, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> understood, understood. Um Feel free to not answer this question if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Uh, there are grandchildren involved. You do not have a grandchild. Do you feel any pressure no. to have a grandchild because uh, you were the favorite? You are the favorite daughter, but there are now grandchildren. Inappropriate question. Um, you know what? I honestly think that once my brothers had grandchildren, that probably took some pressure off of me. Now, I will say my nieces and nephew were white. Not uh, not any spice in in their background, and I will be giving birth to a half Asian child. So that's exciting. Uh, so that's very exciting. It spice. definitely makes the Christmas card a little more fun, and so I feel the pressure to produce a half minority grandchild. I do feel that pressure. Do you have so much Irish blood in you that no matter what, the kid's going to come out red-haired and you won't no. even know? Okay. No. Okay. Just this asking. kid will not look anything like me, and that's fine. Um, it's going to look like every like little cutie that's in a Gap kids ad. That's and, pretty good. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get it. We live in LA. I'm going to get it an agent immediately. <laughs> that's most people's goal, yeah. A fat, a- half Asian, half Irish baby. Like you're planning on it being fat already. <laughs> oh, it's, I know it's going to be fat. It's you know, you can be make huge. it fat. Just keep feeding it. I was CJ and I were both fat, so it's going to be fat. Are nice. you going to give the baby? Are you going to try to clean up your jersey surplus with just having the baby throw up on those jerseys and be like, "Well, we can't keep these forty replica LeBron jerseys." I I honestly don't know what to do because. Now he's buying things that are like $5 on eBay, and I think he feels a justification because they're cheap. Um, but it's like, why do you need this Blake Griffin McDonald's Clippers shirt? Okay. But he needs them. The last time I was out in L.A. and you were kind enough to let me uh, come over to your house to watch a, a basketball game, CJ showed me, I want to say, two full-size, too big to carry on suitcases full of uh, NBA jerseys. Uh, yeah. In your estimate, how many NBA jerseys are currently in your household? Oh, probably like 85. That's too many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the shoes is the shoes is what's really cuz the jerseys fold up and they're and they're little and then they're and they're like funny, you know, like when you're in when you're at a resort in Maui where everyone's like dressed really boring and you're with the man in a Barkley All-Star jersey, people are like that guy's cool. Uh 
And so that's fine, but the shoes are expensive and take up space, and some of them are ugly. And then there's like 17 different kinds of LeBrons, and it's like, why do you need so many different kinds? He knows you like him. (laughs) Is it hard to explain? What is the explanation for that? I think it's an addiction. Yeah, it really. is. It's just an addiction. And, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, I think some of it is that was like a that was a real like bonding thing between him and his dad. His dad was a doctor, and so he got to wear like fun, cool shoes. And um, and his dad is now passed, and so in some ways, I'm like maybe this is his like connection to that. But I think even if his dad was not passed, we would have 300 pairs. I think so too. House. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it took a very dark turn. Let's go brighter. Uh, that's a I'm good sorry. way. That's a good way no. to get out of the. I was just trying you, to nobody be, can criticize you when that's the, yeah when that's your reason. Exactly. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> um, who offered to host the baby shower? Um, Kara and I went to Vegas together. She was pregnant. I was not, um, and so I was drunk and high the whole time. And she pitched it to me while we were in Vegas. <laughs> if you were not drunk and or high, would you have said yes to hosting this baby shower? Absolutely. I honestly felt bad that I hadn't asked sooner. But Kara has so many skills and is so good at everything. She is good at stuff. And I am bad at everything. And so I just assumed she would not want me to host it. No, I think you'd be a delightful host because I'm uh, knowing you and your family. I'm guessing you spared no expense and you've went much over budget and the place is immaculate and you have catered food coming and everything's going to be there and everyone's going to be stressed out, but there's no reason to stress out. Is that fair? Um, I mean, Kara has planned it. Oh, really? I, my name is on it. <laughs> oh, that's even better. I know, but I feel bad. Why do you feel bad? You're a delightful friend. And that's her nature. Uh, We'll see. And she wanted no presents, but I got her presents. That's nice. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me no presents. Do you want to tell her a baby? Well, what'd you get? Well, I got her stuff for her. Okay. Because I think sometimes when you're about to have a baby, you get all this baby, baby, baby stuff. Sure. And then I was like, you know what? I want to give something to treat the mom. That's too. thoughtful. So what'd you get her? I got her um, this beautiful, very um, nice, expensive candle. And then I got um, her pair of earrings that I also got myself so we could have sort of like friendship earrings. <laughs> and then I got them a gift certificate to Barnes & Noble. Is, are are friendship earrings a thing or you just saw it? No. Okay. All right. I liked them and then I thought, you know what, I think Carol would like these too. Yeah, that seems like a nice thing to do. Uh, Sean said you had a good time on his podcast. Is that true? Yeah, I had a great time. Um and I had a great time at the club, and I've been telling, I mean, probably people he doesn't even want there that they should do it. Oh, let's so, name names. Who do, who do you think Sean would not like at Draft House Comedy? CJ Toledano. <laughs> Have you met CJ? No. Oh, he's fun. Okay. He's yeah, a good he's guy. Fun. Yeah, I'll check him out. I don't know if I would check I'm, him out in terms of being stand-up funny, but like... I am... I'm watching um, the Purdue game on mute right now, and they're at 40 to 17 over Ohio State. It's a very fun, exciting Big Ten action yeah, going that on right pretty now. Good. Yeah, yeah. Megan, I want to thank you for spending part of your Saturday with us. Part of my Saturday Absolutely. morning was spent with your brother, so I want to thank him as well. Uh, um, how's Kelsey? My wife is fantastic. Uh, she is alive, and I want to thank you for doing the kindest thing which, that someone could do, which is host a baby shower. For people yeah. that asked you to do it while you were high and drunk in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. There is an open bar, though. So what's up? <laughs>
I'm Ubering there, if you know what I mean. Lifting, Ubering. I'm not sure. Hold, hold on, hold on. I thought the, the baby shower's not at your house? No, it's at a bar. What? <laughs> what the fuck? You're not hosting the baby shower. Listen, I sent out the evite. That's not a thing. That's not a responsibility. That's not hard to do. You told me that I was nice like 30 seconds ago. No, the whole thing, was thing so I thought it was you were hosting this at your house. No, at a bar. That's not a... You didn't do anything. Well, Evite. I got to go to Trader Joe's and get some flowers, cupcakes. You're not even getting... There's going to be people there I don't want to talk to. That's... Oh, God. You're not even getting good flowers from Whole Foods. There's not a Whole Foods close to me. I live on the far east side. This really unraveled right at the end. Well, I'm glad that we're now talking about the geography of Los Angeles and Trader (laughs) Joe's. So that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. Megan, I'm glad I know you. I'm glad that you're still a performer. I'm glad that you're succeeding in life, and I'm glad that you're marrying CJ Toledano. Thank you. I love both of you. Oh, you're a wonderful <laughs> woman. Oh, I was. Uh, I, I got to spend a little time with Megan on her birthday, and uh, I was too. I, I was really drunk. I was two drinks in, and I was sincerely telling Megan I love her. That's nice. I mean, I was like, I remember getting to that bar and going, "Well, this is going to be the last thing I remember," and I was correct. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, anyways, it was a nice time. I'm going to let you go. We're going to go to some transition music by Daniel Knox. I'm also going to say goodbye to Sean Joyce because he has to go interview. Sashir Zamata. A name I cannot oh, pronounce. Tell, Sash- tell Sashir hello. I will. Thank you, Megan. Thank Good you, to talk Sean. To you. All right. We'll be back okay. with Tommy McNamara. Bye. Oh, love him. Joe McAdam. Hey, what's going on? I'm listening to Daniel Knox play sad, slow piano music. It's a pretty great day for me. That's beautiful. He's the best. He is one of my favorites. He's currently in Europe just finishing up a very, very long tour. That's, uh, that sounds cool. Hey, I, wanna, I should open for him. I would love... That might be my favorite show. That's not a joke. <laughs> I think I am the only one that would love that. Me and Matt yeah, Byrne. Other people would be quite confused. It'd me, be, it'd be great though. I'm going to name everyone in the audience that would attend this. Me, Matt Byrne, Stephanie Haas. The end. I think that'd be, that's that's it. that's my crowd. That's it. that's those are my people. Here's what I was thinking about. Like Daniel Knox is an actual friend of mine. He's one of the few people I email with. Um, and you're you're on that short list too. And I think that Daniel's in this weird position, and I think that you are too. Where I really enjoy your art, and I feel like that dooms you both. Yeah, no, you're a curse, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Well, here's the thing. Knox is so well-received in Europe, and he'll play uh, play 50 to 200-seat uh, rooms, no problem, easily, easy sells, easy sales. Uh, he's able to get a lot of press, seemingly without issue. He cannot even do the same in the town he is from. It's a very odd situation. And I don't and I'm not saying he should or shouldn't do anything or the town isn't appreciative, but for some reason I just think certain crowds appreciate certain performers more. Which leads me to the question about you. Do you think you would do better if you weren't in LA? Um I mean I I guess it depends on what do better means. I don't like I I don't like doing stand up uh, that much in Los Angeles, and it's being here made me want to do it less. 
Um, but I don't know if that's better or worse for my career because I've done other stuff instead that I've maybe had more success with. Maybe I shouldn't say career and I should just say happiness quotient. Do you think you'd be happier? Uh, I like being in L.A. I'm, I'm, I'm very into it. Okay. So when Randy Newman sang I Love L.A., you connected to that. <laughs> I liked, I liked uh, interpreting that song as just a on-its-face, literal, I love L.A. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I, I, I get it. Uh, what is on the docket for you this Saturday, March 2nd, 2019? I am uh, I'm watching, I've gone down like a YouTube rabbit hole of uh, deconstructing horror movies. Oh, okay. What is, what? Uh, so just like people that, you know, kind of, I guess, I don't even know who I'm listening to. It's just, you know, YouTube accounts, but just digging into being like, oh, what's the, what are all the, what's the symbology in the movie, Terry, and, and, you know, stuff like that. Have you learned anything interesting? No. I mean, it's like, it's, it's all cool, but, uh, yeah, I get it. There's demons and shit. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. Are you going to leave your house today? Uh, I'm actually in Palm Springs. What? Why are you in I Palm know. Springs watching YouTube videos? <laughs> I, uh, I'm here because my wife had a work conference here. That's great. And, uh, so, yeah, so I was like, all right, I'll go, I'll go hang out. And so I'm just hanging out in the hotel room in Palm Springs right now watching YouTube videos because I am also technically on the clock for my job right now. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so I have to be like kind of attached to my computer. Okay. What, do you have any plans for this evening in beautiful Palm Springs? It's beautiful, right? Um, it's, yeah, it's great. We're uh, it's it's a very nice uh, it's a very nice city. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. If she gets off at like seven, I think we'll probably get a little din din. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Why do you think I laugh when you say things like din din? <laughs> it is. Uh, I think it, it reflects on my uh, my childlike nature. <laughs> 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 I just got off the phone with Megan Gailey. Megan Gailey is throwing a, a a baby shower. Have you ever thrown a baby shower? Uh, no, I've I've never I've never thrown a baby shower. I've never had a baby. I've never known anyone that's had a baby. Would you offer to throw a, a baby shower to someone that you find out is pregnant? Uh, it depends how close they are. But if they're quite close to me, then yeah. How much money would I have to pay you to offer to host a baby shower for a stranger? Uh, I mean, do I get like any kind of uh, like uh, like a dossier on this stranger? Can I find some facts out beforehand? No, I'm not just going to do. You got to go. You got to do it blind. Stranger. But I'm covering expenses, and you get it. You get a payment. So what is that payment? Okay, so you will you will cover and uh, it's it's a it's a woman, right? Uh, you tell me. Well, I'm I'm I would just assume. Yes, it's a I woman. It's a okay. woman. Uh, that helps. I think it helps that if I, I, I would feel less comfortable throwing a party for a stranger that's a man. I understand that. Um, there, I, I, I perceive men as a, a bigger threat uh, at large. You know, that's just way. You're right. Be, it'd, be, it'd be worse uh, for a man to be there. So wait, 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 uh, hold on. Could men even attend this party? Well, if I get to make rules, you sure, do. No, no, no men. No men. Okay. It's all. It's an all only only women at the party, and you would have to buy. Uh, or you know, or make if you wanted to. Double eggs would have to be there. Okay. Um, and I think that's about it. I think I only require deviled eggs. Okay. And then uh, I don't know, two hundred bucks. 
Okay. Oh, okay. I could I do this. And I, and I don't want to clean up afterwards. Okay, that's fine. I get that. So there's no refreshments of any sort, just deviled eggs. <laughs> and you know, can you make sure it's a very hot day? Of course. Yeah. Um, how many women are going to attend this party? I'm providing the baby's mother, the okay. pregnant woman, and then you could determine how many guests attend. How many guests are going to attend this baby shower? Well, if it's at my house, it, if, it's at my, if it's at my apartment, it's your apartment. Not many. Yeah, I have a pretty, uh, I have a pretty cramped apartment, so I would say like. Let's go with 10 guests. Okay, so a very intimate baby shower. Yeah, I don't want too many people around. It's just like, I got a couch. It's like a, you know, a, a, a decent enough couch, a chair, and then like a, a kitchen table, and then some people can sit outside. I have a little outside area. All right, that's nice. At. On a hot day, we just have deviled eggs, no refreshments. How many deviled no eggs? Water. No water either. Pregnant women don't need water. How many deviled no. eggs do you think would be enough for 10, maybe 11, if you count the mother? I'd say baker's dozen in case somebody drops some, but oh, okay. one apiece. So that's it. Everybody gets one, and then there's a couple floating eggs, and maybe the mom gets an extra. I'm going to say, this seems like a very reasonable way to celebrate the birth of a child. Yeah. Now, are there any decorations? Are there any games? Uh, I, I don't know what what you're supposed to do. Do you decorate with like a picture of a baby? Yeah, there's one picture of one baby. <laughs> I think I think I would get like a, one picture of a baby, um, and then that would be up on my wall. I would have it would be like an artist rendering, not a. Oh, that would be insane. So like a uh, courtroom sketch of a baby. <laughs> no, court. No, what did the baby do? <laughs> there's yeah, there's not a well. Okay, okay, fine. A courtroom sketch of the baby, uh, in place of. Uh, do you remember the? Um, do you, did you ever see the Martin Shkreli uh, courtroom sketches? Yes. Yeah. So like that, only uh, the baby is just sitting next to Martin Shkreli. So and Joe, so that, that picture <laughs> is on, on the wall. Joe, um, for this show, I'm share the way I'm posting the show is uh, all the people that appeared on that hour. I'm going to include a photo of them. Would it be okay for you to include a photo of the Martin Shkreli sketch rather than a photo of you? Yeah, because it is. Great. It is the best courtroom sketch I've ever seen. Okay, good. So we're on the same page. Yeah, you can use that and say that's me. Okay, great. I'm going to just Google that right now and so, so I don't one, forget. Because there's a couple. And use the one where he's like, he's kind of like posing. It looks like he's maybe like looking at someone that he has a crush on. Someone that he's what? So it looks like he's looking at someone that he has a crush on. Ooh. When is the last crush you had? The last crush I had? Yeah. Um, that's a very good question. Thank I don't you. know. I, I, I'm trying to think of, like, it'd probably be, like, I would imagine it'd probably be somebody from uh, from TV or a movie. Um, I'm a big fan of Connie Britton. I might have a crush on Connie Britton. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I would say she's my most recent crush. Um, just, you know, I, I was a big fan of her Her on the show 911. Uh did you ever watch that? No. Dude, watch 911. It is the best TV show of the last five years. I Are you being funny man or a real man? No, it's it's so good. It's the best trash you've ever seen in your life. It's like an insane thing happens every episode. And it's just like, yep, that's, that's what happened. It's like a baby caught in a, in a toilet pipe. There's a, a bounce castle flies off of a mountain with kids in it. It's 
like a, a, a rebar gets shot through a guy's head and he survives. Like it's load. Every episode has like three insane things happen in it, and there's like it's another day at nine one one. Is it still on? Perfect. I think it is on hiatus, but it's. I don't think it's canceled. That's great. Thank you for yeah. these TV tips. Watch it. It's on Hulu. It's beautiful. I'm so far. We've covered. You're watching. You're in beautiful Palm Springs at a work conference, yep. but you're stuck doing work. So you're watching YouTube videos of people theorizing films, and you're thinking about the show Nine One One. That's the day. That is my day. I I had a little bit of. Uh, yogurt, and I've watched some CNN as well. If we're gonna add add in everything, I've what done. type of yogurt? Uh, plain, but with the granola and fruit. Was this part of the uh, ex- the Palm Springs experience at the maybe the the the, the included buffet? Double tree, yeah, the double tree breakfast. Nice, yeah, nice. Great. Are you double tree loyalty? <laughs> Uh, well, it's uh, well, double tree is under the umbrella of Hilton, so it's Hilton honors. Oh man, you're just racking up points. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a member. I, I, I should be. I feel like a real dope, but I'm not. I'm not a Hilton Honors member, and I feel. I mean, I even feel uncomfortable saying that out loud while I'm in a Hilton. So, I, uh, if we could just, yeah. <laughs> so, I know they're listening, and I'm not a member. I'd like to apologize to the Hilton Corporation. Well, now we're recording this in a hotel. We are at the beautiful Line Hotel in Adams Morgan in Washington D.C. This used to be a church. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what we think of God around these parts. Turn into a hotel. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's not that's not bad. I I think you know what are you gonna do with all these old churches? People, it's not as popular as it used to be. You turn it into a hotel. Hotels are always popular. I think this should be a, a real cool underground venue. Yeah, like a like some kind of uh, rock and roll club. Yeah, like a rock and roll club. Maybe that rock and roll club that's now a parking garage in Detroit where Eminem would rap. Remember that. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't see 8 Mile. Did you really not see 8 Mile? No, I was never really an Eminem fan, um, so much. I really want to know, I would love for you to see 8 Mile, and, yeah, that that's it. I really want to know what you think of 8 Mile, watching it 15 years after it came out. Okay, yeah, because all I'm familiar with is, uh, the, uh, the battle rap scene. Yeah. And that's all I know about. Well... Eminem, I don't know if you know this, he was very upset with his mother because his mother wasn't able to breastfeed him, so then he proceeded to have an entire career where he hates women. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Um, so does he rap about not being breastfed? He raps in his first song about how he was not breastfed, and that made him very angry. But how would he ever know? Thank you! That's all I'm saying! Now, this is why you need to host this baby what he, shower. What if he were breastfed and then was lied to? That's another possibility. Anyways, mm. I'm going to let you go, and I want you <laughs> and the listeners at home to pontificate about Eminem and breastfeeding, and if it really matters, or if this guy's just a little bitch. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. He was breastfed, and uh, and he's making it up. Yeah, he's he's uh, not a good guy. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, I get it. I know why you're saying that out loud. <laughs> Joe, I want to thank you for your time. We're ending every hour of the uh, eleven-hour marathon with some music from performers that were on Yumi Them Everybody in the past, and I think that this show. Uh, the one I'm going to play from is a show that you also participated in. Uh, I did three versions of Important Records at Saki Records, uh, mm. and, and I know that you t- did one with uh, Gabe uh, Leibowitz, band Dastardly. I think you guys did a Neil Young record. Uh, yeah, we did. We did it on the beach, and he played some music from it. 
And I'm pretty sure I did the PJ Harvey one that edition. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, because I've done three of them. I did in utero, uh, PJ Harvey. No, I did four. So you maybe you weren't part of this one. Either way, I'm going to go with the uh, PJ Harvey song. Uh, Jack, if it's okay with you, I'd like to play uh, Rock Falls, A Place Called Home. This is from summer of 2014 at Saki Records. Uh, a Place Called Home is from PJ Harvey's, I think, uh, best album, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Joe, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me. This was a blast. And uh, here is some Rock Falls before we get to hour four. I know we'll find a place of hope. Just hold on to me. Just hold on to me. Walk tight, one line. You're wanted this time. There's no one to blame. Just hold on to me. Keep singing, and you're right on line, and the bells keep ringing, and the battle is won, and the planes keep winging, and I'm right on time, and the girl keeps singing. I walk, I wait through full lands and lonely. I stumble, I stumble. battle is won, and the planes keep winning, and I'm right on time, and the girl keeps singing. There'll be a place 
home.